going on, everyone? It's another episode of CamCast here. This is Cam here. I uh, want to thank you for venturing with another episode with me. We're going to do episode 26 now. Uh, we're going to talk about The Office, the American Office. I got a lot of thoughts on The Office. Um, this is another episode in which I brought on a friend. I had a friend that come talk to, uh, that wanted to join me in this podcast so we can talk about The Office. It's uh, my friend Travis. Uh, he's the only other person I know that has seen The Office as many times as I have. Well, not as many, but I mean, it's pretty close. So I know I asked uh, Travis if he wanted to get on with me, so he is. We did this interview during Zoom, uh, or not during, uh, by way of Zoom. So please excuse some of the audio as, you know, sometimes Zoom is an imperfect system and my internet is pretty shitty here. So uh, if you guys can, uh, you know, like and subscribe on the podcast, like, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, most importantly, YouTube. Uh, I'm really trying to push YouTube guys right now because uh, it gives, it. it's a better representation of, of you know, the job that we're doing here since I've convert, uh, converted to videos, I'd prefer if, if you're able to, to watch on the YouTube, especially with this one, just because there's going to be two of us on screen. It's going to be me and my friend, Travis. Um, and of course, follow on Instagram, my home base, you know, cam.cast, K-A-M.K-A-S-T. I've been putting a lot more memes on there. I've been putting a lot more polls on there. I want to get more engaged with the listeners, get more engaged with you guys, you know, get some of your thoughts, get some of your opinions on stuff like that. Uh, for me, that's fun. You know, that's the whole purpose of the channels to inspire, you know, thought, you know, uh, create different opportunities of conversating, talking about sports, talking about movies, staying away from everything that's too serious because we don't need that. You know, it's here. It's I'm, I'm all about the good vibes. That's all I'm going to be giving you is the good vibes and the good word. Um, well, without further ado, you know, thank you for listening to the office podcast. We're going to go ahead and get right into it. And again, please excuse some of the audio in the zoom. If it's not up to, you know, the normal camcast standards, uh, I'll be working on that if it turns out that uh, some of you are having issues out there. If you're having any issues, please let me know. And in the future, I'll do a better job of addressing those things. But, you know, again, without further ado, let's get into it. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. It's another episode of CamCast here. This is going to be episode 26, and it's been a while since I've had somebody else on the line for CamCast. Uh, actually, since August, episode 12, which was the Kobe Bryant episode, and we had my good buddy Pre on there. Um, bringing in another one of my good friends for this episode, and it was something that we've talked about for a couple of weeks, and I'm really excited to have him on board, one of my longtime friends, uh, Travis Diaz. Travis, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks. Thanks. Uh... I appreciate it. Long time listener. First time uh, co-hoster. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just here so I don't get fined. I appreciate that, man. And uh, I won't find you, but if I do find you, it'll be after the case. Uh, it'll be after the fact, so it's all good. Um, but I brought you on here for a couple of reasons. One, uh, for you know, if you didn't read the title already, if you're just you know clicking it, this is uh, going to be The Office podcast where we're just going to talk all things The Office and why we love this show. Um, a lot of the things that make this show great, all the characters, all the different plot points and everything like that. So I remember my first actually interaction with The Office, Travis, was actually at your house. Um, it was in the final season. Ooh. And you guys were talking about uh, you guys were talking about watching it and it being like the final season. I remember like you were saying, yeah, and this guy, Oscar, he's dating this guy's this, this girl's husband and he's gay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so confused. And obviously that was like in 2014 when the show ended. I think it was 2014 when the show ended uh yeah just about yeah 2014 just around yeah. it plus or minus a year yeah i remember i was like oh okay that sounds really weird i remember i watched like the last three or four episodes with you guys so i i kind of watched the finale before i ever watched the show 
right? And then you fast forward, and I've seen you do that. Thing like, yeah. And I, I well, then I, I fast forward. I've seen <laughs> the thing like ten times. But I think you're the only other person that's watched it as much as I am. So I figured you'd be the perfect person to bring onto the show. Yeah, yeah. I I don't remember that, but I do believe it happened. Um, <laughs> my my memory that, always uh, is like yeah. <laughs> it's like an elephant. It no, is. no, that sounds exactly right. We used to watch it religiously, yeah. but. It's funny because like you you do that a lot with a lot of shows. You see it and you don't believe the hype, and then you see it and then, dude, you get oh for sure you get that was you dive straight in oh and then swan I'm in. dive right in and then I'm in. I mean that happened uh, with with me with with Game of Thrones. It happened with uh, How I Met Your Mother. I think you brought me on to literally all of those shows. <laughs> so I mean, you really did. So I'm very convincing. I know you are. So I, I figured I was like I might as well you know watch this show and little did I know it'd become you know one of my all time favorite shows. Probably my favorite comedy, but. Eh. No, it's not my favorite comedy. That's a different, that'll be a different, that'll be a different podcast for a different day. But I mean, it's an amazing show. It has a lot, it, it's got some of the best sh- jokes of any, you know, show sitcom that we've ever seen. And it does that without a laugh track, which is kind of, you know, something that it does, that it doesn't need. And now after watching all these shows that exactly. have had laugh track for all these years, it's like, you know, you guys were doing it wrong. The formula is really what the office, you know, and shows like 30 Rock and Parks and Rec have. Exactly. I think one of the biggest things about this show that made it so successful was it, it felt a lot, it felt really grounded, to be honest. Um, a lot of these sitcoms you get, like you said, like it doesn't, it doesn't feel real. It doesn't yeah. feel real. Like you can really sympathize with a lot of the stuff, the in-office humor and stuff, because it wasn't too off the wall. I mean, given it's a show, so some of, of it's going to be off the wall, but I mean, you can pretty much say like 80 to 90% of it was like pretty real. Like you could sympathize with it. I mean, some of the characters quirky, but that, yeah. I think that's what really drew people, man. Well, it's, it's like one of those things where, like, if anyone who's ever walk, worked in an office or worked in any type of work in, you know, environment where you have coworkers and you don't really know their everyday lives, but you see them 40 hours a week and you know exactly who they are, who, who that person is during those 40 hours a week, there are characters within the confines of the show where you're like, yeah, I know a guy like that, or I know a woman like that, or I know a character or a, a, a coworker that's just as annoying as that character. You know, it's like, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's interesting that they were able to do that in such an impressive way without going above and beyond in terms of the believability factor. I think that's what they really captured here is just something that, like you said, is just really grounded. Like, can anybody make a joke that's like almost sexual connotation and not say that's what she said and not think of no. Michael Scott? Like, I really, I really don't think it's possible not anymore. Because that dude, like, given it's funny because like he didn't start it. Like any yeah. kid that went to middle school and drew their little S's with those like six little lines and wore Cyrus's to school. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was one of the things yeah. you said was that's what she said. Absolutely. But I mean, like he just took it and ran with it, and so a whole culture of people, kids our age that are adults now, surprisingly, all just use that as like their gauge for funniness. Oh yeah, for sure. And then my <laughs> my stepdad, he 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 figured uh he he found the office, you know, maybe a year ago. And that's all he says. Now he's like, man, you ever seen that Michael Scott? He goes, that's what she said. And he just starts laughing. You know, it's really, sorry, Kevin, if you're listening to this, that was a really bad, really bad North Carolina accent. Please don't be offended. You know, I love but, uh, Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, nah, man, this show is really great. And I'm, and I'm sure that like over the course of the pod, we're going to be able to show people why exactly we think it's, you know, the amazing show that it is. So I kind of wanted to start, there's, there's a, we have a couple categories for you guys today and we're, they're basically just loose in terms of where we want to go with the talking. Cause I know for a fact that Travis and I basically talk about movies, TV <laughs> shows and sports every single day, um, you know, on and off when we're, when we're at work in between downtime and stuff like that. So it's just one of those things where 
we definitely go on, on, on tangents. We definitely get sidetracked and uh, you better be here for it because it's going to happen. I'm just telling you right now, it's going to happen. It's for sure going to happen. Hunt Trav. King of sidebars, king and queen of sidebars. So who's the queen? Is it you or me? Undecided. <laughs> it's, it's undecided. Just like, like this election, undecided. I'm like Nevada right now. I'm not, I'm not too sure. There you go. Don't know what's going. No, if you're, I'll be, I'll be like a political funny guy. Yeah, I'll be like Oregon then. <laughs> right. Oh, this uh, this podcast is also brought to you guys by uh, by Crown Royal. It's in a coffee mug. It's nice and uh, nice and uh, you know very uh, respectful. So you know, as in in honor of Michael Scott's uh, world's greatest boss mug, I'm putting my Crown Royal in a in a coffee mug. <laughs> I got a vintage ah, bottle of Stoli aged about a week on my own shelf. Straight from Russia uh, or what? Yeah. Nice. Ooh, All right. <laughs> Probably freaking Pico Rivera. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Pico Rivera, just like the, uh, the final climax for uh, Den of Thieves, where they robbed the bank in Pico Rivera. <laughs> All right. Let's go, let's go ahead and get in this, man. We're going to talk about the, uh, the core cast. So you and I have different opinions about the core cast, right? So I have, I have the solid four. I have yeah. Michael Scott, yeah. Dwight, you know, Jim Halpert, Pam Beasley. And then as the show progresses, I have uh, Ed Helms as Andy Bernard as one of the core cast. But originally, it's about those four. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I know we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but yeah, I feel like, yeah, those four and then they evolve yeah. to the five. Because realistically, like, you can't, like, the whole story arc branches off of them. Like, if you define sure. any other character, they really just branch off of each one of those guys' storylines because they kind of mm-hmm. navigate their own. But yeah. But at first, honestly, I was like, the show needed to find where it was. And that's why I was pushing, I pushed back a little bit on the core cast because, you know, the first couple of seasons, it really is like Michael Scott's the big one, but then you're still trying to figure out like where everybody's going. Like, is Stanley a big major player? Greed? I mean. Stanley's an excellent basketball player though, for sure. Oh yeah, top notch. First Secret weapon. (laughs) 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 No, but uh, no, the core cast, I mean, like, you know, obviously, Dwight, Jim, and Pam were in the series for the entirety, but Michael yeah. Scott, played by Steve Carell, he wound up, you know, leaving in season seven. And, um, but man, he, he's definitely one of the greatest characters, you know, ever created. This guy, there's no way he could have been made in today's, you know, this, the censorship <laughs> and how everyone talks about things today. The things he says, especially in the first season, are just like completely off the wall when they have diversity day. <laughs> and he says it, and he goes, oh, try my cookie cookie, try my cookie cookie. And it's just, oh, and he says it God. to Kelly Kapoor, who's like, there's no way that can be done. You know, that's no way, there's no way there's a show that's going to be on network, you know, television at 8 p.m. on Tuesday nights is going to be able to have that type of content without getting some level of scrutiny. And it's funny because Michael was the king of awkwardness or is still, because that show for me, it just runs nonstop. Oh, man. So he's yeah. the king of awkwardness. But at the same time, he pushes the limits. And, like, honestly, it's kind of sad. But, I mean, there's different situations that we won't get into, just politically and socially. But, like, the limits he pushes, you can't – I don't really think you can do a lot of the stuff he did. No, like, you can't. it's so funny. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it just, it just is what it is at that point. And it was just really funny. And it pushed the limits. And, it, 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 like I said before, it was that, like, mundane, like, work style. Yeah. And then they blended in humor people could relate so like this guy wasn't far off from being like an actual real person because you could just look at your boss and be like yeah he's kind of an andy you know yeah (laughs) or you could look at it be like ah he's kind of like a michael or you know a d'angelo yeah but i mean that was the biggest thing that kind of succeeded with the show to be honest was was really michael 
it, it, it for sure was Michael. And I mean, obviously that's Steve Carell wasn't really a well-known, you know, commodity back then when the show started in 2005, I think that that year, the next year, I think that's when he finally got uh, uh, the 40 year old virgin and movies, you know, after that, where he kind of hit it big. Um, and that movie's just, it's really funny and it ages really well. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think what it's funny. It big was oh, yeah. hairline coming back. The hairline came back strong. <laughs> we need to we need to talk about <laughs> that for a second. One, for season yeah. one to season two, dog, it came back like LeBron's hairline. The dude yeah. grabbed his first couple paychecks and was like, what happened? This taking off. My hair's coming back. What happened is what I want to know. That dude was completely balding out. He had double cul-de-sacs going. It was like super thin. And then like season two, when they realized that they, you know, they hit something and something was working, they, the dude got a, like a full head of hair. It was like Creed in episode yeah. or in season four, I think when he came in with the black jet black hair, that's what it reminded <laughs> me ageism of. Case. Yeah. The ageism <laughs> case. Yeah. It's, but I just, it, uh, no, that's, that's super underrated. Why, why did he have so much hair all of a sudden? I have, and I'll tell you this, to be honest, like I've watched this show and I mean, we talk about this all the time, but like, of course I've watched this show through maybe six or seven times. I know you've watched it countless times, Yeah. but I I find myself like season one. Yeah. Oh, congrats. Congrats. I'm midway through, I think season three, I'm starting season three. I had to do it. uh, One of the biggest things I have a hard time with is his hair. Like, honestly, like season, like season one is like five or six episodes or something, but like, that's the hardest part for me because they're still settling in and you just look at his head and you're like head of hair and you're like, man, that's not that thick. There's you know, something, there's something adding up here. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see him like on his last episode, it's like he had like a cur- curious case of Michael Scott and like he just like de-aged. He aged in reverse. Like thinking. He aged in reverse, yeah. He was drinking so, whatever Brad Pitt was drinking in that movie. So I, I have no idea. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think the reason why the show works so much, obviously the ensemble cast is fantastic, right? And we, you know, we talked about, but it's the awkward moments that Michael Scott was able to create. And I think the most awkward moment that there was for me, I'm going to say my most awkward moment. And I think this is like a unanimous one. It's Scott's tots. That's the answer. It's Scott's tots. <laughs> when, when I watched Scott's tots for the first time, every, in fact, I've watched this, I've watched the show 10 or 11 times. Half those times I have to skip parts of that episode. It's so rough to watch. It makes your skin crawl. I, I like, I've, I, for me, I, I started yeah. to realize that this is actually a common thing with people is I pause the episodes. I used to think it was just me. Like I pause it. Like I know something's awkward coming up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Over. I hit that pause button. Cause I'm like, sometimes I can stop watching the show and I go do something else. But then I am back yeah. in my mind. I'm like Netflix. Reminds me. It's like, you're watching yeah. this. And I'm like, I got to finish. And then, so I'm like, I have to have like a mental prep every time with Michael Scott. And I'm like, <laughs> given I've seen this before and I'm like, okay, he's about to do something super awkward it's not real life and for, then and i have for, to just press play and scott's tots is up there ooh, for me personally go for it there's a whole episode i mean one of the episodes where they go to see uh oh i was gonna say ann perkins but it's not karen karen Phillips, oh god she's like the manager yeah. and they take jim and they go in disguise they're gonna prank him and then that part was so awkward and i mean michael oh, white and like jim their chemistry was amazing but like oh, michael great. just it's awkwardness and it's just he carries he carries so much of the show well it was also like i think another underrated part is when they're with him and pam when uh, michael scott and pam are going from all the different branches and they wind up at holly <laughs> flax's old branch and they find out that holly has a boyfriend and then yeah. he's like so mr aj do you have a you have a girlfriend and the guy's like uh yeah and he's like does she ever talk about me <laughs> 
and it's just like it's just so it, the whole room is just quiet and you can just you can literally cut the tension with like a knife you know and like and then after that pam has to kind of make up for his presentation and that was awkward you know cutting through the competition it, there's just, I so just much, feel like dude. if you can forget that this is like a real person like this is an actor playing somebody and you forget oh, and you're like you do you think this person's real like you just like there's you very few times like to touch on other series like michael scott's one of them like dwight yep. Schrute. yep i mean skyler skyler from breaking bad i know i'm jumping oh, other shows sure. but like there's Awkward. few times where you call on like in like tv like tv shows like groundbreaking shows that like you just forget they're acting yeah and that was one of the moments man like he literally, i agree like he just climbs that mountain of awkwardness and he just keeps going, dude. And there, there's never, there's the never been a show. Yeah, 100%. But there's never been a character on any show ever that's been able to put their viewers in such a, a state of awkwardness like this show. And it's not like, you know, sometimes you, it's awkward because there's like sexual tension or something like that, or there's something <laughs> on screen that you don't necessarily want to see. But it's awkward because this guy does not know how to behave as a normal functioning adult. So he... <laughs> so everything just it becomes like everything is a, is a hijink like when he uh when he proposes to his real estate agent in at the diwali festival in front of everyone that was awkward <laughs> the whole the whole dinner party which is one of my favorite episodes is really awkward oh, well, jim literally says in the show episode. he's like i think that what do you say he's like, i think jan and, and uh, michael are playing their own game on who can make their guests more uncomfortable <laughs> they're both winning you know it's just the gag reel from that one is the greatest oh my god yeah you've seen it sidebar right? <laughs> yeah oh dude, dude i i watched it i think again like a couple weeks ago it's unreal because everything and i don't think any of that was scripted i think it was all off script and all off the cuff <laughs> like the whole the whole like tv thing when he's like i really i broke down and i finally got myself a flat screen and they pan out and it's like no. a tv that's like this big you know <laughs> And like he's like, it's like a sneeze of a TV, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And, if they, he's, and he's like, if we need if we need space, I just push into the wall. He pushes it like an inch. He's like, look at all this room. You know, it's, it's it mean, seems I like that. My favorite one from that one because it, it just goes with the awkwardness and how Michael is. So you know, it's kind of like on purpose, but at the same time, he's like laughing is like they give him a tour of the house specifically for this episode. They give him a tour of the house and they're going up and they go up to the bedroom. And I kid you not, it's so subtle. And that's what the show, that, like, oh, yeah. that's what works with shows. Like when it's so subtle, but it's natural. It's like yep, not yep, subtle, yep. but force. And he goes in, and there's their bed. Yeah. And then like, it's a combination of things. And oh, they're like, sure. oh, Jan sleeps there. And they're like, where do you sleep, Michael? He's like, I sleep right here at the end of the bed. And then I, he was like, I just curl up. It's a lot of space. I just start <laughs> laughing. But and the then he lays thing, down. <laughs> then he lays down. But on top of that, there's yeah. a tripod in the bed. So it has a camera on like, it. And it has a camera, and then Jan's like, I thought you put that away. And then he's like, oh, well. And then he just moves it. Greatest thing. It's that so subtle, just... but that's, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that oh later on gosh. the podcast, but that episode has everything you could ever want in an Office episode, and I think it's the perfect episode. Oh, we'll get into that later on. Um, but every, like, you know, character like Michael Scott needs some characters below it that are that are always there, you know, like, exactly. like your Dwight's, your Jim's, your Pam's. Um, what are some highlights of, like, Dwight for you? What made Dwight a great character to you? I mean, Dwight, what made him such a great character is, I mean, he was semi-grounded. I mean, there, obviously, you could tell he's a little bit of a um, of a character on a show. Mm -hmm. If you can meet this person, it's not far-fetched yeah. that he wouldn't exist. I think that's yeah, the it, biggest part. Like, he, he's for he sure dances, the biggest he reach. that line. Yes, he's yeah, for sure he the biggest reach that the show does. Yes. Uh, exactly. No, he's the second biggest reach. I think Moe's is the oh, biggest yeah. reach of all time. There's no way <laughs> Moe's exists. 
Moses not a real person. Yo, like, you're for sure. You're one must. You're one mustache shave away from being Mose. I'm I'm, I'm very <laughs> close. I'm very close. What you happened just, was I got just, you just shave that. Oh, I know. Well, I had to get I got rid of the beard, and then I I realized I'm not matching the logo anymore, so I had to grow it back. So it's just one of those things. <laughs> otherwise, but, uh, otherwise you're gonna show it and be like, "Who the hell's podcast is this?" Oh, it's Cam's. That's not him. He doesn't have a beard. Like they're gonna show a side by side with the logo and my face. Like that's ah, not him. They belong in a milk carton, dog. They're gonna start putting that in my podcast. I'm like, but, I'm, like uh, a hazel, I'm a hazel, I'm a nut guy. Hazel nut guy. <laughs> but uh, shout out to new girl. Um, yep. But yeah, so with Dwight, I think just a lot of it is just his his character that just makes him pop, you know, to be honest, yep. like he takes everything way too seriously and oh, takes yeah. everything at face value. And I just think that's what makes it work because mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just makes it easier with Jim. And like, you can't talk about Dwight and not talk about Jim. I mean, they're, two, oh, yeah. they're their own two main characters, obviously. Yes. Yes. They, they, they're but running their own storyline throughout the entire show. If exactly. And if you don't have Jim like interacting with Dwight and hijinks, Dwight's unchecked. You don't have, you, yeah, Dwight's unchecked, yes. and I really don't think Dwight pops off as far. No. Because when you talk about all of the great stuff that Dwight does, it's always like Jim's there. Or yep. Michael, to be honest. But more, more to oftentimes than not, it's, it's Jim. Or I because mean, it's Dwight. Dwight it's, it's, yes, it's Dwight directly reacting to something that Jim did to him, which gives us a laugh. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. like, like, like there, <laughs> there are a few things that Jim does that are, like, remotely hilarious. It's the actions he does that we don't see which are remote, which are hilarious. Which are which are the reactions that Dwight does, you know, which is which is kind of interesting, but the one thing you know, it's in like there's okay, what what's besides the Jello one? What's one of your favorite pranks? Uh, gotta be I think this episode stress relief part one. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it's a two part. Like they legit filmed a oh, TV yeah. movie and they put oh, yeah. it in two, and it's just cinema genius. But yeah. it's a uh, it, the beginning of stress relief part one. For those that really don't know, uh, to be honest, it's it literally is. Dwight at his finest, like for oh real. for sure. Like he literally lights a fire in the office. Yeah, who yeah. lights a fire in the office? He's like, <laughs> like yeah, I need a lighter. Like, to turn my. He's like today, smoking is gonna save lives. Like throws, you know, <laughs> he throws a cigarette in, and it's like the whole thing. Oh no, a fire! What's the procedure? You know, it's like the whole thing. <laughs> and then Andy tops it off because they're all playing off of Dwight's energy. And then yeah. Andy's like, the fire shooting at us. And it's just a couple of firecrackers. And I'm like, and then Michael like, throws the projector out. Yeah. And then he's like, help. And then Oscar's in the ceiling. And then yeah. Angela has a cat in the cabinet. And I just, there's so many things. But, and then Dwight is literally just trying to teach a lesson yeah. at the expense of people's lives. And then Stanley has a mild heart attack. And oh my that, God. that part, if that's not, if you were to pick one oh, scene that defines Dwight, I really feel like that would define him. Mm-hmm. also him shooting a gun in the floor oh yeah <laughs> that, what, that what's crazy about like that one of the biggest things what's crazy about stress relief too is that's a cold open like the show just yeah. started like that that's the best cold open in the entire show like hands down it doesn't get better than that because that's a top yeah. like 10 yeah. 15 moment in the show but that like literally you pan in on the on the you know the episode begins it opens up you're there's panning around the office and they and like Dwight like he looks all sneaky and he's like you know come here to the camera and uh, <laughs> he's like looking like, like, like a crazy guy you know he's saying come this way and uh you know he, he basically he's showing all this you know this fire shit that he has and he um he you know does the whole thing and then it, it's but it's a cold open and then it's like eight minutes long and then they roll the credits it's crazy I couldn't. The, the, the fact, fact that they, that they did that. These cold opens that were great. They were great. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. They, they were able to open shows 
just out of the, out the gate and like everybody knew what it was like you knew what you were getting at the first like two to five minutes at the beginning of an office episode because you know so many hijinks went on but the fact that that was one of the longer cold opens they've ever had i remember watching that episode with my brother and crying <laughs> in laughter like i, wish, don't wrong, watch I, don't it live I, I still laughed really hard but the, oh i watched it live i think oh, i started man. catching the office like on tv probably like fifth season probably fourth or fifth season and that's when it was in a sweet spot to be honest that's it yeah uh, it, we'll talk about that later so in the pod too but yeah i i know the sweets my sweet spot of the office might be different than yours but it's 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 probably. for me that's that's fun so we we, we, we touched on dwight we touched on jim a little bit and or yeah. and anything you want to add on jim before we get moving on to the the other minor characters yeah, i think he's i think he's the audience inspired- right and, and that's basically what it is. I was going to yeah. say, Jim has inspired a whole generation of young adults to, in the real life, look off camera yeah. and do a Jim and go, and then just turn back. Who are they looking at? We'll never know. No, we never know. There but might be a secret guess camera what? that's filming. We have a need. Yes. <laughs> we have a need to look yes. at it. <laughs> yes. I. It's that... Looking off, it had, I don't think it had ever been done before because, first of all, shows had never been shot this way. So it's all, you know, it's none of it. The Office trailblazed so many different things. The, like I said, the laugh track, they did talking heads, like interview style. But I mean, it, this, we got to give credit to the British Office because the British Office is the one that yeah. originally did this. You know, those, the same people that created the American Office, they did the British Office first yeah, with Ricky Gervais and all those guys. And, the, and I don't, I've seen a couple episodes of it. I never watched it all the way through, but it's, it's very, I mean, Ricky Gervais, I love, he's hilarious. You know, he's very, very funny, but this, they got it he, right with this yeah. cast, you know, and, that, and the cast is the important part of this show. They, if these characters aren't likable with this cast. No, they couldn't have. I think it's perfect casting. Uh, there are a lot of people that, you know, auditioned to play Steve Carell and they had him on throughout the show. They had uh, Bob Odenkirk was supposed to be Steve Carell. They thought about having, uh, I believe, Jim Carrey <laughs> yeah. be Steve Carell. Bunch of people were, were tasked to, you know, maybe be uh, Michael Scott's character. But Steve Carell was born to play this role. You know, it's, there are a few things that he's better in than this. And he's amazing in this. And he does it for seven seasons, basically carrying the entire show on his back. And he's on every single, he's never off, you know. And, and I think that's one of the best parts of, like, Michael. I know we keep going back to it, but, man, Steve Carell, if he didn't have this character, I mean, I, 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 I forget the timeline, but I think 40-Year-Old Virgin came in, like... I think it was 2000. Like, I can check right now because I'm curious. Yeah, because it was, like, it, it, it kind of seemed almost synonymous, but I'm pretty sure The Office happened just before, then 40-Year-Old Virgin was, like, maybe just in between season one, season two. It, was two, it came out honestly, in 2005, so they were, like, the same time. So he, like, popped. And, and so... And he popped. So like having yeah. the office character that he had, then with 40-year-old virgin, I feel like he did have some people that he was, you know, using as a platform from yep. the office. And then it just it just skyrocketed past that point because people started noticing Steve Carell, which I feel like drove them to the show to get more Steve Carell. Yep. Because he played not the same character, but he was able to embody a character that was awkward, right? Yep. In a different in a different right. But it still came back down to Michael Scott. Like Michael Scott yep. and his gosh dang paper company he ran like that thing yep. was hilarious but yeah it's just it's it's a great show and we talk about Jim uh Pam is a major character but I have a lot of inherent <laughs> issues with Pam I I, <laughs> I think feel that, like I don't like Pam I know like, I I'm agree. not scared to say it 
I was scared before, but I'm not scared yeah. to say it now. I don't think I think she might be the lamest character on the show. She's definitely the person that you've seen before, like at your job or just in your everyday life. She's very plain, not very exciting, not funny. But like, it's I don't know, you know, it's she, I don't dislike it, her, but she's just not super interesting for a character that's a main character. And I don't know if that's her fault or the writing's fault. I feel like mm, I feel. Pam Beasley is an interesting character. Yes. Honestly, I feel like if you were to like, okay, so let's think of the four main characters you talked about. Okay. If you were to like, let's say, let's recast each one and let's see if the show works. I think out of all four of them, Pam would be the only one you could actually recast and the yeah. show would still work. Like if you recast Jim, Dwight and Steve Carell, it is, it doesn't it's matter. It's not happening. Yeah, it's a different I show. mean, it's, it's a different show. But if you re- so, recast Pam, I really think like, don't, and I mean, this is a, Shout out to, um, I forgot, I forgot her name, Pam's actress name, but shout out to her because she did a good job. Jennifer, Jennifer. Um, But I mean, honestly, I think it was more writing, but at the same time, she doesn't do a lot of like cinematic stuff either that I've seen. Like I know she She hasn't done a lot since story rock hard, but she was in Hall Pass. You know, she hasn't been, she's not a great actor. She hasn't been in a lot of stuff. And I, this was, this is her big thing. You know, this, this, this show is her big thing. It's also Rain Wilson's big thing, but a huge thing i mean he's like true you know what i mean like rain wilson as an actor to be honest i like he doesn't do a lot i mean he's a creepy dude in the second transformers movie and i don't know anything else he's in i know you like that one where he's a superhero right dude there's a movie called super and i only watch it just because of dwight obviously because he's not dwight but dude it was good but he also plays like a a delusional i'm gonna say delusional version of dwight but like a version of dwight dwight is delusional but this one is he acts on his delusion like I feel like Dwight also has self control, but this, but it was that's why I watched it. It was funny. So, Interesting. You know. Yeah. But, so let's let's go down this rabbit hole. Who do you think could have played Pam Beasley a little bit better? Somebody that's that that is self assured, um, that maybe has a little bit more humor because Pam has some good. <clears throat> excuse me. That was a that was crown. Pam has some good. Like she has some good. <laughs> Pam has some good. You know, moments of comedy where because she has a lot of interactions with Michael Scott, but I think Jenna Fisher played it so deadpan that it was tough. You know, a lot of it didn't get a laugh. So like, I'm trying to think if maybe like somebody, I can't even think about, like think of who it could possibly be. And I think it's not necessary. And it's not your fault because I feel the same way just because this show's such a staple. I think it makes oh, yeah. it hard for us to recast, to be honest. It does. I agree. Really she was in, she's from and beginning so, to end. And, and so it, it kind of just like, you have to think about like how the show was cast like they kind of went a direction like the production crew and like Michael Schur and whoever the casting um, the casting person was, but to find people that ne- didn't necessarily have like big opportunities, you know, yes. they didn't have past gigs where they were known. So that's kind of where like, you kind of like, Oh, you could do your dream casting, but at the same time, like they, they kind of big got. on just like, yeah. And exactly. Like, I feel like that. Like, I just feel like at that time it's hard to think because you just know it wouldn't really be true. Like they were yes. looking for like new people. You know, yeah, I agree. but it's hard I to agree. think. I just think I, I don't think I can answer it, but I just do think that like Pam would be the only one you could do that you yep. could um, change uh, out. Other ones, man, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> uh, and then like the fifth core cast, uh, Andy Bernard. Just quick, quick comments on Andy Bernard. Like, I mean, he was he was a, he was great when he came on. This is another guy who wasn't super famous. Let me look real quick. Um, where is this guy? Ed Helms, man, what a what a mountain that man has climbed. He oh, looks kind of dorky, but and then man. he fell right off. 
<laughs> kind of. So yeah, I so mean, they, honestly, yeah. So he started in the office in 2006, and then he had the Hangover in 2009. I think he had a movie before yeah. that too, but he uh, he like blew up for a couple years because of this and the Hangover, and he became a lot more famous than what they intended him to be, right? So yeah. as the show progressed, they had to continue to give this guy a more sizable role, which wound up, you know, he became the manager of Dunder Mifflin Scranton after Steve Carell left, which was probably the worst move for uh, that character. <laughs> I mean, when Andy became manager, I, I think I'm not alone in this one. He became one of the worst people that ever inhabited the show. <laughs> like there with like okay, annoyingness well, of like Todd Packer, like he's that level of bad and like like, like very you know being a, just an overall douchebag and just being a horrible you know you know uh, a narcissistic personality type guy. He was horrible as the manager. I mean, it, it goes a lot to writing, to be honest, and true, uh, it makes you All not writing. like. Uh, I'll say yeah. that it makes you not like him. I still think Andy was funny, but like towards the tail end, they kind of just started going over that line. Like I don't want to say jumping the shark, but they kind of like made him like kind of like updo everything yeah. he did and well, i like andy from before he was a manager because the kind of awkwardness oh, yeah. he brought to the office was, funny. was great like he gave me one of the greatest lines is like the fire shooting at us like as if fires can shoot guns like that dude fire is hilarious guns. i, I know, mean you know he when he wasn't manager when he came over from uh where are they at they're in connecticut samford when he came over from, yeah, yeah, Stanford, that's, yeah. that, that's that's how deep i know this show guys i am very much into the lore of the office and everything that goes on i had a map of all the uh uh the different the different branches uh there was a canton branch uh anyways we'll we'll keep going but uh not he he's a, he was a great character he had some of the greatest like when they had the picnic and he was in the sumo suit and they pushed him over and he's floating he's like hello i'm from a group called dunder mifflin <laughs> it's like stuff he's like that made me laugh. Like, floating but the funniest thing is nobody got him. And like and they had cared. a whole bonfire and nobody cared. It is let him float just... away. Yeah. Andy Bernard, man. I know. Bernard so dog. The, the Nard dog. Hey. But uh <laughs> Alright, so that's the quarter cast. And earlier I I, I want to talk about all the different minor characters on this show. Minor characters on this show. Um, obviously like a lot of the, the people within the office are considered minor characters because we don't really know anything about yeah. their lives, you know, for the most part, there are a couple people that show up like, but they're tied to main characters, you know, people like Angela, uh, uh, Daryl, you know, a couple other people like that and, yeah. and Aaron and Aaron, those are really like the main three where their life is directly connected to the main character's life, which is why we're able to see more about them. Um, but I, I actually put a whole bunch of characters into a bunch of different groups based off of, you know, what I think that they are. So I thought this was kind of fun. So these are, so I have five groups. The five groups are trash. We have rare, but hilarious. We have comic relief where their whole sole purpose is they're bringing in a joke or they're the blunt of it, the brunt of it. Is it the brunt of the joke or the blunt of a joke? It's the brunt, right? Brunt. But I, get I don't know if that's a word. So I'm let's not. Go let's go I, I was told there was there would be no vocabulary, so I assumed that there wouldn't be. But so and <laughs> next category. Oh, I yeah, I I know. <laughs> Actually, I had to translate this entire thing from Spanish to English. That way, we can understand what you were saying. <laughs> you got to so press SAP at the top. SAP at the top. <laughs> if you if you guys can, please press the SAP button on your Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. We'll be able to translate that right over for you. So. Uh, <laughs> All right, so the next one I have is they grew on me upon rewatches. These are characters that I couldn't stand in the beginning, like maybe the first couple times through. But as I've, you know, as I said, I've watched the show 
way more than a person should ever watch one show because I'm a creature of habit and I hate, yeah. I hate change yeah. and I hate new things. Uh, for those of you like, like Travis does, he knows me well. I, I don't adjust to new things easily. It's a general so process. Hard. Yeah. And then the last one is just characters that are on the show. They're not bad. They're not good. They have some funny moments. Um, but overall, they're mostly there to be on the show and, you know, advance the plot. Which yeah. one do you want to start with? Start with trash, man. Start with I trash. know what the trash is. All right, I got some good trash here for you. So first trash, it's the two guys that got added at the very last, uh, very last season. Uh, we call them uh, Dwight's son and Plop, a.k.a. Clark and Pete. <laughs> Um, they, they did nothing for the show. They're not good. Uh, I don't know. What, do you have anything to say about him? I feel like Clark is somebody he's they good. chose. They, no, he's a good actor. They yeah. chose him because I feel like Hollywood wanted him to be the awkward, nerdy guy that has, like, a dark side. Because yeah. he shows up in, like, I think it's, like, Sex Drive. Um, hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. He shows he's up in ass. movies. And, like, yeah. And then he's, yeah. he's funny. He is and funny. They cut, and I feel like they wanted us to bank on that, like, you know, given mm-hmm. some of those movies happen at that time. Um, so I give him more leniency, but I will put him in the trash category because there's so many characters in here and you got to put somebody in there. Yeah. So somebody has got to in the garbage, because, man. Because honestly, without him, it doesn't really change nothing, to be honest. It doesn't change anything. Oh, and then that one girl, that one girl, I forget, Katie. No, not Katie. Oh, Katie? The, the, one who, the one who tried to take away, uh, the thing was Karen, who tried to take away Jim? The one that may have had a uh, affair with Jim. Yeah, yeah. That was trash, dude. Yeah. That was that was just – they didn't know what to do with season nine and season eight, you know, a lot, especially season nine. Upon rewatch there, I, I normally – I watch the first three episodes of season nine, and then I skip to the finale. Because those are the only ones that matter. The finale is fantastic. It's I grind it finale. all out, bro. I grind yeah, it all out. I mean, I've seen it so many times, so it's just like, what am I missing? I already know what happens here. It sucks. It's not good. So I skip it. I skip to the parts I like. Yeah. So next one. Probably plop, dude. Plop. Plop has got to be in there for me. Oh, Plop. No, no, Pop's in there. It's, it's Clark and Pete. Oh, no, I'm doubling oh, down. I'm oh, stuffing oh. Plop down there farther, dog. Like, oh. I'm letting you know. He's, he's a horrible character. Plop and Aaron was not something I was asking nah. for. No, I, I don't care. I, I wanted Andy and Aaron, and they yeah. just went such a weird way with it. Yeah, I don't know what they They kind of lost their way, but yeah, Plop, we didn't need him, man. He wasn't funny. The only other thing I've ever seen him in, he was uh, one of the villains in Rampage. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? No, I seen him in one movie with that uh, one of the girls from Talladega Nights, <laughs> like Danny Hamlin's. Uh, oh, not Danny Hamlin. That's a real person, but one of the people's wives in there. Um, girl from Superstar from SNL. Oh, Molly Shannon. Yeah, Molly Shannon. She was in a movie. Yeah. I've never seen it, but my Netflix or my Amazon Prime literally tortures me and shows me that like movie, like movie poster every single time. I just click right by it because I don't really care for plot. Like he just no, he's he's did, bad. He did nothing for me in that. He's show. bad. So the next trash, and we're gonna kind of uh, this one for sure is trash. We can both agree on this one. It's Gabe Lewis. I, I think we can both agree on this one. <laughs> no, I like Gabe. Like oh I don't know God. why so many people don't like Gabe. Like don't get me wrong, I'm not putting Gabe like at the top, but I'll put Gabe above trash because Gabe brought awkwardness. I'll, I'll tell you why. But I'll tell you why he's trash. For an entire season, all he's doing is mad at Andy because Andy stole his girlfriend. I don't care it's about funny. your. Oh God, it was not funny. It's rough. It's rough. <laughs> like he, he was challenging him to fights every single chance he get. Like there was a whole episode where they wanted to fight. Uh, dude, it was so good. Oh man. So the other two I have, I have 
Nelly Bertram, which is which you like Nelly because of different shows, but but I need you to be specific to this show. When we're introduced to her in season seven, she's bad. She's not likable. She's not funny. She's not funny. Right? <laughs> she's not tra Travis. She's not funny. Oh, dude. I think she's funny. Like don't oh, wrong, but, uh, You tell me not to bank it on other shows, but when I see Nelly, I see Donna Noble, and, and for people who know Doctor Who, like she is the I mean, the Doctor's companion for a whole season, and she she's one, she she's just a season. You know you like Nelly just because she's a redhead. That's why. <laughs> that was yep. gone and passed, but, you know, it still lingers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to be honest, she did have a weak storyline, and they kind of forced some stuff on us. But I think she just had a lot of popularity coming off of Doctor Who. And yeah. I, at that time, when I was watching it, I literally stopped and stared at the screen. I was like, that's Donna Noble. I was like, uh, I love her. But that just and that makes me that makes me not impartial. I mean, partial. No, I I respect it. I, <laughs> so, I have I have nothing else to say about her because I just I can't I get annoyed ever. I won't put her in trash. Also, she stole a baby. She did steal a baby. I like that's confirmed. That I, like I don't know how like the showrunners like like she they, stole a baby. The showrunners <laughs> should be upset about that. What they did was <laughs> they said dog. that anybody who wants a kid can go ahead and just take a kid. Yeah, like can I go take a kid? No, because then I have to stay two hundred feet away from a school. Oh, for sure. Don't do that. Yeah. And then my last <laughs> trash person is it's Kelly Kapoor. No. I don't like Kelly. I don't if she like was Kelly. trash, you wouldn't have her own show, bro. But have you seen her show? Seen Wait, the ads. Uh, uh, <laughs> I've seen uh, the ads. Uh, Did it go? Oh, I've man. seen the ads. Dude, Look. she's just gosh, she's annoying. <laughs> Look, she's difficult to manage, and she says so herself. <laughs> but who do you manage? Myself. <laughs> anyway that's, that's so that's manage. that's my trash category which which one do you want to do next uh dealer's choice let's go i'm ready right, let's do it let's do one. into the rare but hilarious i got four uh, nominees for this one why is my Great. siri popping up that's bad uh uh okay rare but hilarious i have charles minor todd packard d'angelo vickers and mo schrute oh man that's all I those are with, that's a that's a great quad right? that's a great quad Charles Minor, he's in there for like three episodes. He's fantastic. He's just it's it's Idris Elba <laughs> playing a you know a a dick of a boss, but he's like, but he's also extremely uh, charismatic. But he hates Jim. It's the first person we meet besides Dwight that hates Jim. And and the the funny thing with me is like I love Charles. Like Charles oh, yeah. was great. Oh, but he's I think great. We, I think we needed that. We, oh, we needed did. That. Jim was yeah. too good. Jim he was too was good. Too good. Yeah. And you had nobody that didn't like him. I mean, other than Dwight, which didn't matter because which he actually matter. loved him. He loved him. But he did love him. Freaking Charles not liking Jim was the biggest confusion, but also the biggest like <laughs> funny stuff. And everything Jim did just so happened to be like the wrong thing at the wrong yeah. time. I know. Charles just looking at him like when he wore the tuxedo to work, and he's like, the, so "Yeah, that's his wearing first the tuxedo to work is appropriate." And then he's like, uh, "Well, nope, nope." And then like. And then he does a gym face, but he's also very awkward. And it puts Jim out of his character, which I love because that is real. Like, that is real. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Ha that's for sure happened to us at work at some point. <laughs> no, we just, we're, just like, we're just like, oh, God. I didn't mean that's that's awkward. Like wearing a T-shirt and some, yeah. like, ripped, ripped hole in my jeans and then showing up to a meeting with, like, a, <laughs> yep. some owner of the company. And I'm like, yeah. oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, you know he's Charles, and then he has one of my favorite lines in the show where they're at the company picnic and he yells at jim it's like look who just woke up 
and then he spikes it when they're playing volleyball. I've been up for a while. You know, he just like, and he flexes on him. I'm just like, I just, why are you bringing this energy? You're trying to stop the apocalypse again? Like, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. I just, I you know, he's a great. lot of energy to a character. And it's, it's funny because I, I know he's not 007, but you get a guy that people want oh, to be 007 to play a character perfect in a comedy casting. show. Yeah. And so that's what makes me laugh is he's such a, like a action guy, serious yes. character. Cause he, yes. I mean, I don't know if you the see the wire was really good to see him go from exactly yeah. the, the wire to go to Luther, the show on BBC mm-hmm. and then to come back and like do this comedy character. It just, I mean, dude, it was just great. To see the him. fact that they got him was amazing. No, like, and, it, and you know, he enjoyed it. Like, you oh, know for he, sure. He, he, he shows up, you know, three, four times, collects a paycheck and gets to mess around with people. That's awesome. Uh, the next one, I don't have a lot to say about him, but Todd Packer, he's just a very shrewd, horrible guy but man he just made the office really uncomfortable for everyone that was there and he just provided laughs that's all he did was provide all laughs. right so question okay go for it Talker, does he how long does he survive in 2020 at a job acting the same way he did in 2005 oh dude he's fired like immediately dude, he's gone that guy's that, gone. that dude's in jail somewhere yeah he's a criminal right yeah, he's a like criminal. that dude has to stay away. That well, dude, dude has to he, stay away from a school. He he drugged a bunch of people. <laughs> he Remember all those cupcakes? He some had laxatives, some had like recreational drugs. Like, oh my gosh, that's where the show. I was like, oh my god, they really did that. He put stuff in there. He, <laughs> he literally drugged these he's people. Lunatic, dude. I know. Uh, he's great. Um, and then yeah. uh, D'Angelo. Not know how much to say about him, but he was is Will Ferrell, obviously really funny. Like really funny. The whole juggling thing where he juggles the balls that are imaginary, that was just... <laughs> to the Daredevil song. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was to, to Evanescence Bring Me to Life. <laughs> Dude, forever known as a Daredevil song. Yes. Daredevil song. Yes. Just crazy. He's going to juggle without any of the his his balls. Yep. <laughs> That's what you said. But... Yeah, it's... And, yeah. Then, and then the last one, Mo Shrew. Mo's is hilarious. Mo, it's in it. For those that don't know, it's Michael Schur. He's a producer of the show. He also produced Parks and Rec. He produced The Good Place. This guy's, you know, he's obviously like a genius. He's produced a lot of really good shows. And I don't, I wonder who came to him there like, hey, we need you to uh, to be Dwight's cousin and just do that for us, please. <laughs> to be honest, I, I think it was BJ Novak probably told him that. I know. BJ Novak wrote everything that he needed to do. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I just, it's, <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, it's it's great. Um, the next one we're gonna do is uh, we're kind of gonna we're gonna kind of let's go through these a little bit quicker as we're going through. All right. All right. Okay. All right, uh, so we'll so these next people are on the show. I'll say I'll say the name. You give me a couple sentences of what they mean to you. Again, series popping up, and I'm like podcast. All right, ready on the show. David Wallace. Uh, I feel like he's a pushover. Yeah, he's I agree. A pushover. Every time he tries to stand his ground, everybody just gets back at him. And then he has that weird company called Suck It that he sells to the military and makes a fortune and buys them back. Really yeah. weird storyline for David Wallace. I can't he's not say that he's David Wallace in any movie I see him in, though. Yeah, that's true. He's David Wallace. I'm like, he's all, David forever. Wallace. Yeah, forever. Uh, Meredith Palmer. Alcoholic. That's like, literally, when they go around the table, when they go around the table and she's like, Hi, my name is Meredith. I'm an alcoholic. And she's like, Oh, wait. And then she yeah. stops. Like, yeah. All right, uh, Karen Filippelli. Man, baddie. Oh, for sure. 
It's Rashida Jones. I love, I love Rashida Jones. Oh, are, man, wait, are we sure? So are we sure it was Karen Filippelli or was it Ann Perkins? I'm not sure which one was which. Hey, the jury's still out. I don't Who know. knows? Who knows? Know. Great, fantastic. They should have used her more. I Best agree. scene is when uh, she's in the Michael Scarn and she says, uh, "What is she said something like bang You ever me? done it with an entire bachelor party, baby? Yeah. And then they cut to her and she's like, "Why would they use that out of all the things I filmed?" Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> I'm I I'm telling you I know like all these words. Uh, next one, Roy. Ah oh, man, Roy. Anger just a, management. Just a bad dude. <laughs> just anger management. Just a bad dude. Uh, Oscar. <laughs> Ubiquitous. I feel like Oscar just what reaches so many levels. He just touches yeah, he's, everything. He's he funny. just touches everything. He, he he's the he's the guy that says, well, actually, they all have a whole episode about that. Yeah, he's so, he's, he's funny. Great uh phyllis ah, man phyllis annoys me to be honest she's not trash but she's the she's, grandma of the bunch for but sure the weird she's the grandma same age that's as like sexually active at like 80 uh, years old the uh, one that's like contracting sure. herpes at the home oh yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> like like she's like real sus oh though. man like, oh for real. sure yeah absolutely <laughs> so i i, I did nothing much to say about that then bob vance is just going off oh yeah uh holly holly's just a great person she was i I mean, yeah. I mean, like, they obviously constructed her in a lab, like, lab being their mind, Michael Schur and probably whoever else the writers were. Who would be were, perfect like, for the, Michael Scott? This is the perfect person. Exactly. This is the per- yeah. perfect person. Like, their, their, their engagement was the epitome of, like, how she meshed with him. Yeah. Like, they didn't even say it in regular tones. Didn't they say it, like, E.T.? They, like, he got him down there. Marry you, I will. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it was, she was yeah. the perfect person. And, I mean, yes, you can argue that, you know, it doesn't seem real, but... It, w- it worked perfectly for the show. Oh, no, I agree. And then uh, the last one on the, on the show is Angela. Ah, oh, man. Angela Angela's just funny, man. Like, she's a... You needed her in the office. You needed her because you everybody's her. got an Angela, dude. Yes. Everybody's Everyone's got, got one of those. Yeah. So I can't hate her. She, no. played her. she played her character great. Oh, she's great. Apparently, her and Jenna Fisher are, like, best friends in real life, too. So yeah, they got that uh, shout-out to the office ladies. I know I was talking to you oh, their about podcast. That yeah. their podcast. They break yeah. down every episode. That's yeah. awesome. I got, I got to start listening to that one actually. Exactly. All right. So this one, I'm going to go into it because these are characters like this is kind of like a category just like specifically for me, right. just because these are characters that grew on me as time went on. First one is Robert California on first watch. You're like, who the hell is this guy? You know, this guy's James crazy. Spader. James Spader. Like, how did they get this guy in there? First of all, and then, like, as you watch, as you continue to watch it over and over again, season eight, because that's the only season he, he's in, except for the last part of season seven when they're interviewing for the the manager's job, he is just insane. Like, he's just every crazed lunatic. Yes, and it's he's like, so do you want the what does he say? Do you, do you want the normal answer or this or do you want the what does he say? The animal metaphor, or the sexual metaphor, and then he's like, oh god, the animal one. And then Jim, and, Jim, and then he starts. He's like, when two animals have sex, you know what? You're gonna want the sexual metaphor. And then Jim is like. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't the sexual metaphor? <laughs> no, dude, dude. What made me laugh is so much. Like he, he like the favorite my favorite scene is he he goes and everybody's so on edge, right? And yeah. with Robert yeah. California. Be just because he emits this awkwardness that's not like Michael Scott, but brings a different energy to the room, but to the same, like, I guess I want to say the level, but it's not the same. But it's different because it feels like he's gonna like kill you. Yeah, it's, but at the same time, you don't level. know if he's proud of you. Yeah, no like, idea. They had they had that episode you with Aaron. You littering idiot. <laughs> like they had that episode with Aaron, and then like 
everybody's on ner- like nervous because he's going to look at somebody and have a conversation with them. And then he looks at Aaron and he walks towards Aaron. He's like, Aaron. And then she's like, Robert California, let's have a conversation. And then she's like preparing herself mentally. And he's, and he's like, and he's like uh, describe your day so far. And she's like, woke up. <laughs> uh, never start your story with I woke up. People have been doing that since the dawn of time. Dude. It would not be a podcast if I didn't bring out my Robert California. I, I had to. I don't know how many times we start the day with uh, oh. I woke up. I woke oh. up. Never. <laughs> people have been, have a conversation. People <laughs> have been waking up and saying that with their eyes open since the dawn of time. He's, exactly. he's great. He's fantastic. The other, so another character actually happens to be the other character in that situation, Aaron. Aaron grew on me as the show went on. Like the first time I watched this guy, this girl is really annoying. But then as you keep realizing, she's like, it's like, she is hilarious. She said some of the funniest things because she, there's, there's not a negative bone in her body, right? She's just like a happy-go-lucky individual. So everything <laughs> that she does is like she's doing it as like a child for the very first time. And it's amazing. And one of the best things we get to know about her more as a person, I think, too. I mean, one of the beginning episodes was the date mic. Like that's oh, episode yeah. that people can always know is date mic. <laughs> nice, nice to, to meet, meet me. me. <laughs> <laughs> like she goes, but it's funny because it's like a subplot at that point because there's so many great points of that episode. Oh, for sure. That's a great I mean, episode. You got, you got Di- Dwight, sorry, Dwight standing there and then Angela sneaks up and he like cusses. He's like, what the <sighs> fuck? But, uh, but the thing is when like her and Andy are having like the secret relationship and then she's like, and he, Andy's just being Andy, right? This is peak Andy saying, we got to throw him off the trail and like kind of try to disguise ourselves. And he's like, all right, you got to go flirt with somebody else to throw him off the scent. And nobody cares, yeah. but it, it works. And then she of goes course. over to a guy at the bar and just like puts her hand on the guy's leg on his thigh and says, hey, big boy. And then Andy yanks her. He's like, and what are like, you doing? <laughs> he's like, where did you learn to float? Where did you learn to flirt? Black snake moan? And then like, <laughs> bro. And then from that point on, I've never laughed so hard. Like, oh, she's that great. just solidified Aaron. That just solidified Aaron. She's great. No, it, I think her my favorite moment of hers was when they're at the Saber store in Florida and she's dressed up as a hippie. And like, she's like... <laughs> You know, she starts dancing and she's, she's, like, she's, she's like, I'm the first, I'm, I'm waiting in line. There's a, and there's a line right behind me and she's like dancing and they pan out and just like hobos sleeping on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that part, so that she, she's, she got funnier as it went on. She became one of my exactly. favorite characters in all seriousness. And obviously uh, people saw it because she got her own oh, show. Yeah. So she got her own show and people love the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And she was great in uh, uh, 21 Jump Street too. Oh yeah. She was the teacher. She's a really, she's a really horny teacher. AP Kim. Shout AP out Mr. Kim. Green. Never had him. Mr. Green. Had him. Yeah. What about Paloma High School's finest? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll watch this someday. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have two more characters. This one I'll go real quick. Jan Levinson. As I, I hated her in the beginning, but as time went on, I realized she's crazy and psychotic. Oh, she's that ex girlfriend you want to forget about. Oh, for sure. But she's amazing. Like, there's so many, like, that whole, like, we already talked about it a little bit earlier, so we won't go, you know, too into it, but the dinner party is, like, Janet, peak Jan. You know, she's, li- right she, she's peak Jan. She's listening to her, the album of Hunter, who she definitely had sex with, and he was under, she, under she, she banged Hunter. She, she banged Hunter, banged, like, literally, she banged Hunter. It's <laughs> it rough, a terrible dude. CD, by the way, but it's a oh, banger terrible. of a song. But then she said, and then it said, make me a man. So for sure he was like 16. <laughs> I'm just, I just want that to be known. You know, it's uh, Jan's, Jan's well, little skeevy. Yeah. Yeah. But she's, yeah. she's great. And then the, the last one, it's, it's a tough one for me because 
this guy's basically played three characters in the office, right? He starts off being the intern and then he becomes the boss. But then like after he came back to Dunder Mifflin, after it was reabsorbed by Michael Scott Paper Company, he became a hipster. And that's when he was like the best was when he was a hipster. Do you agree on that? He was fantastic as a hipster. I think what made that work. It was so funny. He was Ryan the Temp. Yes. And then he was Ryan, like their boss, all of yes. his boss. Yep. And then he went Ryan, like his true colors, Ryan, which yeah, was he became just himself. a loser. Like that yeah. was like really conniving and just really like codependent on like mm-hmm. an attention horde. Like it was really funny. Oh yeah. But all I got to say to that is woof. 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 <laughs> no, he's great. All right. Last category. And uh, I know one of these guys we're going to be talking a lot about because uh, I know it's my it's probably my favorite character on the show besides you know the core cast so we're gonna save him for last. Uh, first guy, this is comic relief. These are guys that either their whole purpose is for hilarity, in my opinion, or it's guys that are just they're the one of the joke. So first is Toby, obviously. Toby <laughs> is the bane of Michael Scott's existence. Toby Flinderson exists in the show just so Michael Scott can make fun of him, and it's played by the guy's actually a writer for the show. He originally didn't want to be in the was show. Was he really? He, yeah, he's uh, I think it was Flanagan, right? What's his name? Oh, that I've seen uh, that name. Paul, Paul Lieber, the- Paul Lieberston. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's not he he's a writer, uh, but they wanted him on the show because he looks like an HR guy. And I mean, we we have we've seen HR guys before. They are they are Toby. They're very <laughs> Nobody monotone. likes the HR guys. I feel really no. bad for the HR guys. I do too. It, they they don't do anything wrong. It's just why does Siri keep popping up on my podcast? That's kind Yo, of annoying. Siri has a mind of her own, bro. Man, that's really trying to creepy. cut in on the podcast. See, that's what happens when you do your first Zoom. So it's kind of, uh, it's all a work in progress. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with us. Brought to you by Crown Royal. Ooh, brought to you by Stoli. Stoli. Stoshnaya? Stoshnaya. Uh, so, so yeah, it's Toby's great. Next character, Stanley. Stanley's just funny. Stanley has some of the best, like, catchphrases in the entire show. He goes like, what does he say? He's like, I'm going to try to do it off the cuff. I, I, uh, what do you say? Uh, I work at a job that pays me too little. Live in a house that I can't afford to try to put my daughter through a school that I definitely can't afford. But on Pretzel Day, pretzel I like day. Pretzel Day. Oh, dude, Stanley's great. Stanley having the heart attack. Oh, I mean, I feel like if they put anybody else, like it wouldn't has it wouldn't have work because Stanley just no. doesn't not he doesn't respect and he outwardly says that he does not respect he does not like Michael Scott. No, damn he goes it. under his. <laughs> He's like, you're stressing me out. Like, this bracelet's beeping every time Michael takes a step. It was great. Oh, it's great. Uh, next one, Kevin Malone. Oh, man. Can you think of Kevin... Chili without Kel- Kevin Malone? It's the thing I do best. <laughs> Him literally <laughs> spilling the chili and then just like, help me. <laughs> the, the, I spend all day the night before dicing tomatoes and pressing onions. And he just oh like he keeps, it's, Kevin's great. Everything Kevin does is funny, but he wasn't originally that way. You know, the first couple of seasons, they originally they realized that I'm guessing they needed a dumbass for the show, right? Just somebody just like who's who's well who's well mannered, who's well minded, yeah. but they needed somebody that just just to be dumb. So and they they, they found a perfect guy, for you know, and, and Kevin. And it's funny because a lot of the stuff that worked too was his voice. Because like what I didn't know for the longest time is like when you look at Kevin and you hear Kevin, you really believe it. But then yeah. you start noticing that the actor, he's actually oh, he speaks nothing normal. like him. Yeah. He sounds nothing like him. And it's just funny uh, because it just goes into how much these actors could really just like, and I think that's what worked when we were talking about before about how like yeah. no name these actors were, right? And like, 
you could literally believe because one, you didn't have, you didn't have any understanding of what they were before, but they just built into themselves. And what I think worked, and I don't know if this is, they did on purpose was they use a lot of the first names. They use a lot of the first names for their own character names. So it made it a little bit more natural. You know, they responded well. I think they made them feel comfortable. And segueing from that, we're going to go from a character who is named after his entire name, the only one in the show, uh, definitely a favorite among everyone our age and everyone that's ever watched the show, Creed Bratton, playing Creed, <laughs> Creed Bratton. Dude. Creed, Man. If there was ever a character on any show that he, he's rarely on it, right? You maybe see, he maybe has a couple lines every few episodes. Every time Creed says something, it's instantly quotable. And it's like one of the best quotes the show's ever had. Like, <laughs> like, like, like I, I can go on and on about everything he's ever done. Like uh, when Jim is running away from, uh, from Robert <laughs> yeah. California in episode eight, he goes up there and, and Creed's like flying this helicopter and he's like, Creed, I was never here. And he's like, cool, dude. But what about your friend? And there's no one behind Jim. <laughs> Jim, looks, Jim looks behind his like. And he, uh, he's, but then another funny one with Jim is when they're playing chess in the, in the break room. <laughs> and that one, that, dude, that one's so funny. It's just like, he's like, uh, you want to play chess? And he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, and then what does he say? He says, uh, uh, hey, do you want to date my daughter? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm married to Pam. But I thought you were gay. <laughs> why would you want me to date your daughter creed he goes oh. literally the funniest one-liners creed has like there oh, was a yeah. whole episode where he wasn't really there the whole episode but when they had the mobile office and then they go pick up a hobo they're like they're gonna pick up a hobo or a hitchhiker and then they pick him up and he's like in this suit like he's gonna be in the 1950s like song and he didn't even like, realize hey. he wasn't he wasn't in the bus either yeah i, I don't even you, remember you didn't even know and then all of a sudden he's like yeah. yeah playing hooky from work and then he looks at the work and it's like the work bus and then he's just like oh god oh god <laughs> Like, who does that? Like, who thinks of that? Like, you even remember he was there, man. You're paying oh, too man. much. What does he say? You're paying way too much for worms. Who's your worm guy? You know, like, everything. Oh, when they, man. When they were trying to lose weight, and then he's like, yes. Kelly was like, yeah, Crete sold me a worm uh, that would help me lose weight. And he is like, that wasn't a tapeworm. And he just <laughs> sold her. He just sold her a worm. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I Crete is so great, man. I, I love Crete so much. I, I could. What, what are some? Oh, like, sorry. He's just, Oh, I think like probably our favorite one that I know you and I quote all the time. If I can't do my scuba, then what's this all been about, man? What am I working toward? And it's just like, oh my God, this guy. If we could put a tally for how many times we use that at work. Oh, tons. I mean, we need like multiple whiteboards to fill that it, out. It's up there with uh, uh, April Ludgate from Parks and Rec. Her Mooner, Mooner, I walk, man. Mooner, I walk. Mooner, walk. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get into the rest of the categories in the pod. So stick with us. What do you mean? All right. Well, uh, I had already recorded this for like five minutes without realizing that I didn't press the record button, so that was pretty rough. So we're going to go ahead and give this another go. Uh, we go for complete transparency here at CamCast. So whenever I mess up, you guys know I'll mess up because I, I'm not afraid to make fun of myself. Uh, but, you know, we're going to continue on with the office talk because I know Travis and I could talk about the office for days. Even when this podcast is over, we're going to be talking about The Office. We're going to be debating certain things. We're going to be rewatching it and watching it again. Um, like, I, like I said before, I finished it again today. I think it was the 10th or 11th time. That's, that's no BS. I really think it's been that many times. I know Travis has seen it a bunch of times. but I can verify you know, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, that, the theme <laughs> song is like, it's in my brain. It's just there. But uh, it's sad because this show has been on Netflix for so long, and now it's transitioning over to the Peacock uh, app. And that's where they took away Parks and Rec too, which is my favorite. It's my favorite comedy of all time. For those that don't know, now you know. I know I flirted with it a little bit on the Camcast Instagram page. Parks and Rec is definitely my favorite comedy. 
it's a genius comedy and it's hilarious and we'll be getting into that on the very next episode whenever we do it. <laughs> So, I semi-agree. I semi-agree. I'm a, I'm a cre- uh, captive of the moment. So yes. I'll agree when I watch it. So, you'll, so for, for this episode, The Office is your favorite comedy. And then when we get to the next podcast with Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec will be your favorite comedy. Exactly. And I'm That's... okay with that. I'm sure the audience <laughs> is okay with that. And that is, that is how you, you remain Switzerland. So I, I, I am happy for you that you're able to do that. Stonks. And, uh, <laughs> Stonks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, we have a couple more categories we wanted to talk to you guys w- about. And uh, so we will. We're going to get on with that. And again, brought to you by unofficially by Crown Royal, because that's my drink of choice. And Stoli. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about the best episodes. We kind of touched up on some of these episodes already, right? Um, we talked about stress relief. But we didn't get into the funniest part of stress relief besides the opening, you know, cold open when they're having CPR class and Dwight cl- uh, cuts the head off the dummy. He puts the face on his face and he starts going, hello, Clarice. And then oh, like, what was, what was funnier about that is like the lady's trying to teach them how to do CPR. She goes, ah, ah, <laughs> ah, ah, staying alive, staying alive. And then Michael Scott goes up there and he's like, first I was afraid. I was afraid. <laughs> Andy starts singing, and then Kelly and then starts Kelly dancing. Kelly starts dancing. That was Kelly's best moment in the whole show. Like, without a doubt. <laughs> She's like, nobody oh, called 911, and the the guy died. No, and then, and then Creed was like, I remember where I saw you. I saw you in the parking lot earlier. Creed with oh, always the, the that, zingers. That might have been the best minute and a half The Office ever had in terms of what, because it was complete chaos. None of oh, that. It was, it was, a, but... When Michael started going, at first I was afraid. <laughs> at first I was afraid. I was that was just comedy, dude. That was so uh. funny. I could so that that episode. Obviously, we talked about dinner party, which might be the best episode of the entire show. It's up there. It's in a discussion. We'll have that discussion. But yeah. that episode is everything. God, it's it's amazing. It, it has it all. It has the main yes. characters. The main core yes. there. Yes. Plus Andy. Plus Andy, and Dwight's eighty-year-old girlfriend. Also babysitter. Which, Babysitter, but it's strictly sexual. Why? Why does Siri keep popping up? I didn't even say you, Siri. Siri's trying to get on this podcast, man. Yeah, she needs. Moon to get or on. I walk. Moon or walk, man. Uh, next episode, we talked about it. Scott's tots. Scott's tots, man. Man, it's rough. Sheesh. It's rough. All you need to know is when Stanley starts laughing when he hears Scott's tots, <laughs> and he just <laughs> dies. Oh, you just man. you just laugh with it because you like something something awkward is about to happen, man. That was the like, most that was the loudest we ever saw Stanley in the entire show. Besides like, the yells at Has Ryan. it really been ten years? Oh, 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 oh god! That, that, uh, Niagara, obviously the wedding. The wedding's great. There are a lot of really has, funny things. That wedding inspired so many people's weddings, man. It did. It did. Like that song. Like I think of it a Chris Brown song when I really didn't care for Chris Brown, but at the same time, it's like that forever was. It was everything. And that was, people, so many people yes. have modeled after that. And, and that, well, it was a trend actually before that wedding. So it was a wedding, like an actual wedding that did that trend. Yeah, and, yeah, and, then, yeah. and, then the, and then the office did it. And the office made it like, you know, famous. Like it's a big deal. But everything leading up to it is like amazing. Like uh, Jim saying that Pam's pregnant and him messing up. And when he thinking that Michael was going to, Michael hooking up with Pam's mom, Kevin wearing uh, shoe boxes as shoes, <laughs> putting his feet in the ice, you know? It's just all kinds of randomness. Andy tearing his scrotum. Dude, Andy tearing his scrotum was probably just one of the funniest things I didn't expect. In a dance battle with Kelly Kapoor. Okay, 
hear me out on this one. This is this is something that I picked up on. I think Kelly Kapoor and Andy were supposed to like end up together. There are a lot of did. instances in the show where they like they have two separate dance battles. Yes, one at Cafe at Disco. Cafe Disco. Cafe Disco. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Cafe Disco. But I think that they were supposed to get together because there was even an episode where Andy said that his type is Indians. Mm. I don't remember what episode it was, but I remember hearing that. No, no, I remember that. You do? Okay. But yeah, it, it's funny because they do have chemistry and, and that goes a lot. Like it, it means that they like each other as far as like friends on the show. And yeah, I think absolutely. those actors really got along because they actually do get together a mm-hmm. lot. Like I think not too long ago, I mean, within the last year, they did have a get together where before pre-COVID, honestly. Of course. Where they got everybody together. And I think it was really um, Jenna Fisher that really instrumented that. Yeah. But they got all the names together. I don't think Steve Carell was there. Probably not too famous. But they got everybody back. Even at home yeah. was there. And it was really cool to see everybody, all the homies that's... together. And they obviously had chemistry because they liked each other. And that's how you know a show is good. Yeah. Well, they spent they spent just tons of time talking to each other, basically, you know, messing around on the internet. Because all those computers at their desk had internet access, you know, for those that don't know. You didn't know that? Really? Oh, dude, I'm, I'm coming at you <laughs> with really the facts, did. man. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so all those computers had internet access. And like when you're seeing people, you know, working on the computers in the background, they're just surfing the web. You know, checking up on their real life emails. Creed thoughts. Creed thoughts. <laughs> what is it? Creed thoughts. Back, backsplash. Creed. Something. It was like a whole long. I just but it was like a word doc. Yeah, and I put <laughs> and I put the URL on there. I've read it. Those aren't things that needs to be shown to the outside world. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, next episode that I got, I have Casino Night. Uh, I think Casino Night is really oh, interesting. Casino but it's night. important because it's the first. You know, Jim and Pam kiss, and their story arc really propels the first three seasons. And that's yeah. for me. It's it's kind of why the the first three seasons are so good. It's part of the reason why the, the first three, uh, first three seasons are so good. Like there, you can tell there's there's some some tension there on both sides, some real positive, you know, like uh, romantic tension, but it's never acted upon until that night, right? Yeah. There there are a couple instances where drunk Pam kisses uh, Jim, <laughs> like at the Dundies and stuff like that. The but, Dundies. Yeah. Do you think that it was at the expense of like? do you think it did more uh, harm to the later episodes yes i feel like i feel some type of way about that like the show did so well with pam and jim kind of like will they won't they and like they kind of miss timing each time yes you know you get a lot of in-betweens and then when you when they get together it's good like it really is good but it kind of felt like maybe the show should have ended but i'm not saying it didn't because i'm enjoying the show for what it was but it kind of put the brakes it put the brakes on some exactly Yeah, and what I what I didn't like was they tried to cheaply break them up in in season nine, you know when they when the boom pump the boom mic guy all of a sudden has the hots for Pam and like you know like that was a weird plot device. You know this dude what's his name Brian Brian get out of here Brian. Brian, you take your boom mic and you get the hell out of here. Which was cool because I really wanted (laughs) to. I know Brian. (laughs) I know, dude. It's like who is this guy? Who are you? Yeah, it was cool to see that them interact with them, but at the same time, I'm like, first you have that, then you have Katie or Karen or whatever her name is. Like, try uh, to get Jim, something with a K, man. Yeah, but you got, can't trust those people with a K first name. That's yeah, rough. dude, Karen. That's geez. rough. Yeah. Um, but no, you had that going through, and then at the same time, like once that ended, they really tried to bank on the whole thing with Andy trying yep. to get with Aaron, right? Yep. So while it it, it kind of tried to fill the void and it somewhat did. It wasn't really with the void that we looked to having, I guess, filled. That's what she yep. said. 
Um, <laughs> sorry, that was that was great. But, but it, it it definitely was something they tried to kind of force on us, which wasn't great. But Andy being Andy, not being like the main main like boss, it yeah. worked. It really did yeah. work. But was it the same? No, you could have probably ended it when they got married. To be honest, yeah, I, I, I agree. And that I'll, that's going to be a topic. I just spit all over my screen. That's going to be a topic for. Yeah, I know you do. Uh, pause. Uh, but that's going to be a topic <laughs> that we'll talk about in the next category. But uh, more more episodes. Casino Night's great. Uh, the injury. We haven't talked about the injury yet, where he's he cooks his own foot <laughs> on a George Foreman grill. And why does he cook his foot, Cameron? He cooks his foot on the grill for a couple of reasons. He likes to wake up to the smell of bacon. So what he does is each night he puts four strips of bacon on his George Foreman grill. He, and then his alarm goes off at 6 a.m. At 6 a.m. He turns on the grill, closes it, and then he wakes it back up at 6.30. And so that, to, the, to, the, to the great smell of bacon, it's good for him. It's nutritious. It's great. <laughs> it's a great start to the morning. <laughs> for those that don't know, that was pretty accurate to how the, the line actually goes. But uh, that – it's when they're when they're get, when he's giving the explanation <laughs> to to uh, everyone in the office why he can't come in. It's it's just it's so Michael. He literally he literally clamped his own foot on George Foreman grill. What's funny is that Michael thrives on attention. Like I mean, if you want a real life depiction of Tinkerbell, I mean, you're oh, yeah. gonna look at Michael's guy because that oh, dude, yeah. if he doesn't have attention, he's gonna die. But gonna the die. funny thing is because Dwight gives him that attention, un, like just without any thought he gives him that attention and like that episode he's like he needs somebody to pick him up because he burned his foot and then dwight's like i'll go and he's like anybody but dwight and then he's no, like not no, dwight. michael <laughs> yeah he's like michael i'll be there and then dwight like crashes into a pole gets yeah. a concussion and still drives away still drives like, he throws like, up on his hood he then, throws up on his oh my and then gosh. he's really nice to pan the rest of the day oh, right, that's a yeah. that's a great episode the other Fantastic. episode i got uh booze cruise Booze Cruise Booze is just fun. Cruise. What, they filmed that in California, right? They filmed it like uh, in Newport or something? Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere I think around it was, there. My guess is it's probably in like Newport Harbor or Long Beach Harbor or somewhere in there. Like one of those where all those houses are. Yeah. You know what? You're probably right. They probably did film it in Newport Harbor. And, and for people who don't know, I guess, it, this show, not I, I don't know if it actually ever was filmed any no, scene outside of some cutscenes in Scranton. It's filmed the Valley. Dude, it was filmed in Van Nuys. You can yeah. visit that place, which is on my list of places to visit. You yep. can visit the building. They won't let you in, but you can visit the outside. Yeah, you can visit cool. the outside, take pictures. But yeah, it's it's in the valley here in uh, Southern California. By the valley, we mean like Travis said, Van Nuys. You know, northern part of Los Angeles. Burbank. It's there. Burbank. You know, all the places. Why? Why does Siri get out of here? No one wants you. Well, Siri's just Tinkerbell Part Two, man. Yeah, but no, Booze Cruise is great. And then for me, my my next favorite episode is the finale. Uh, it's an out. It's a year <sighs> later. You know, the group gets back together. They 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 close it out really well on what was a really bad season nine. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, season nine totally it's still watchable, agree. but man, it, but they ended it perfectly. Like it could yeah. not have gone better. That episode picked up for a lot of the stuff that it suffered with. You know, I yes. mean, in that last season, you had a lot of things going on and then trying to yes. kind of like pick up the pace. I mean, you yes. even had that pilot that people didn't know about. That oh, yeah, the farm? To, yeah, they tried to do it the farm with Dwight's family. That which, honestly, I would have watched because I, I watched a lot of stuff. Well, you're just picky, man. I know, but picky, I but I, 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 didn't like, I didn't like, like, the kid was weird. He was like a grown-up, but he was like six. Yo, with the suit? kid's dead. That's disrespectful. No, I have no idea. Oh my god! <laughs> no idea. He's, dead. he's 
a ghost. I don't oh know my god. Oh no. To be honest. Um <laughs> yeah, they forced I lived on us. And then I, at first, like you for people who watch a lot of shows and like stuff, like you can kind of sense out it's a really does happen. You know? Yeah. So the, the pilot episode was kind of weird. Um but to have it capped off with that finale was great, you know, because you got Gutenbronk from Jim. Jim just being the, the the imposter of a best man just to have Steve Carell come up. Oh, it's great. Gutenbronk with, and then Steve Carell come up with, and Steve Carell comes up and all he says is that's what she said. And then he goes, oh, and it's perfect. I literally was like crying most of that episode the first time I oh, watched it, great. to be honest. That was great. So it meant a uh, lot. What, so do you have any other best episodes you want to add? Those are kind of, I mean, a lot of the episodes I love, I added the ones that are kind of integral to plot or just integral to like, they're just like ridiculously funny, like Scott Stotts, you know? Yeah. I think, I think we think, we think really similar. Yeah, we have I agree. a lot of the same funniest episodes, I agree. Which, which but works. I think a lot of it comes down to like favorite moments also. Yes. Yeah, I think favorite moments is a big thing too because, I mean, with their given bunch of episodes, like, we, the big thing with a lot of the Office fans is being able to just, like, grab a segment from a random episode and be like, that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a, there's a and, ton of those too. Like, it's 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 basically like me, all, like... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go no, go... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> I insist. <laughs> okay, so for, oh, thank you, sir. Uh, but, uh, so one of my one of my favorite episodes. It wasn't necessarily funny, but one of the favorite moments, and I, I think a lot of people will say it. Uh, I think it's from Andy Bernard. Oh, not think. I know it's from Andy Bernard, and he says something along the lines of, you know, the very last episode. They're having the last like group hangout in the office, and they're having a drink. They're just reminiscing. You know, they all went their separate ways for the most part. And Andy just looks at the talking, like do, does his talking head amongst everybody and just says, you know, I wish there was a way to know we're in the good old days before they become the good old days, you know? Yeah. And that just, that just hits differently, man. That like, hits. That one just, it's that whole thing of like, you know, one day you just played catch for the last time in your neighborhood, yeah. your neighborhood kids. And then you when was the last time it. you ever played catch? You don't know. Bro. Like at some point it was the last time. At some point, it was the last time. And so, like, that part yeah. just hit. Like, that was one of the most emotional. And I was like, man, that line, like, obviously, I can remember it because oh, yeah. that line stuck with me. But there's it so many funny things. Written. But that was one of the most, like, beautifully, exactly how you said, beautifully written lines that they yeah. had to deliver. And, and, of course, like, it would have been cool, like, anybody. But it meant a lot to have Andy say it because yes. Andy he had went through a lot, a lot. Of going. He went, dude, he went, he went through, through a lot. His wife, his fiance cheating on him. His family yeah. went broke. Found out they were yep. racist. Yeah, <laughs> like probably, dude, I know. He, so much. he had the he had the craziest like plot for sure. He had the, the most wildest character development, without a doubt. But that line it it rings true for more than just the show. Like obviously it hits the show because no. I wonder if that's like the show kind of like talking to you know the audience like hey this is one of the greatest shows you're ever gonna watch and you probably won't realize it until long after you're not gonna watch it anymore. I really you know think what I mean they probably did that as creative as the show is. It's I something like put that. It past them. Because that show, it, it has its problems just like every other show does. But the show is really, it's amazing what, and, they, and you know, when all those characters are giving their, their final thoughts at the end of the episode, they're like, how did you do it? How did you cre create this thing? That's kind of like the producers and the writers say, being very on the nose and saying like, yeah, you know, we, we know we made something incredible. 
And we were able to make you guys think that these are real life characters. These are real people in a real setting, in a setting that you could walk down the street and, you know, and see for yourself. But we made it in such a way that it's going to stick with you because these characters and these situations are relevant to your day-to-day life. And you're going to remember a lot of, like, you'll go through your normal work day or, you know, during your life, things will happen and it'll take you right back to the office. It happens to us. I know for, I'll talk to speak for myself. It happens to me all the time, you know? Exactly. And when a show is able to really do that, that's, that's something, you know, it really is. You, you know, they went through that last episode and they brought up a lot, like they put like a little montage together, especially with the Jim and Pam thing about how she was yes. enough for him. And you know, they, I think it was the last episode or the, the, the episode before, but it was, it was the, episode the last before. two episodes. Yes. And it just goes to show like how much the show kind of like meant to yes. a lot of people. And like, you can't watch that and not be caught up in the tears because oh, you remember how much of like emotionally devoted you were to like the development of each character and for yeah. them to like finish their plot points together. And it just showed like the, the humanness and like the down to earth and groundedness that the show was and how yeah. you could relate where it was like really grounded, you know? And that's like what worked for it is it could remind you of like, these are normal characters, but they mean so much. Like you want to see them achieve their plot points. Right. And yep. you want to see them grow. Yep. And so you get invested, man. And like, that's what that show yeah. meant. Like you could see the similarities in each one. Like I know even today we were literally like talking about this and we were saying like the show meant so much to us that we can, and for most office fans, you would go around and be like, who are you? Like if you were to pick an office character, who are you? And it's never just one character. No, it really can't isn't. Be. It's always a mixture. Yeah, it can't be. You know, I, I forgot who I said you were. I think you, you were said like I was Creed a combination and, uh, of yeah, Creed. Uh, no, not Siri. I was a combination of Creed, Roy, and uh, Andy. <laughs> and I, exactly, I think right? that's completely accurate. I, I know what <laughs> like, I am. I, I literally, yeah, you are what you are. I don't know who I am. I feel like everybody's mm. a little bit of Creed. So I'll say that. Everybody's a little bit of Creed. You're I Ryan mean, when he's a hipster? I feel like a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can agree with that. You know, right when he's I get hated on my, my ankle. My ankle shows. So, you know, I feel that. I can't think. I can't think of the other one. Maybe Oscar. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but no. This the show is that's that's yeah. But the show that's why that's what makes the show so good is because it really feels like these are real people. You know, it feels like we were watching a documentary, and that's one thing that this show has over Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Those characters are so zany. There's no way that they're real people. Yeah. Right. Like it's a whole show full of people that are just incredibly zany. Except for me, I think Ben Wyatt's the least zany of all of them. And he's, and, but he's the one who looks into the camera. We'll get into Ben. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about Ben Wyatt on the next podcast when we talk about Ben Parks Wyatt's I'm really, great, man. I'm really excited. That's, if I were any character ever, it'd be Ben Wyatt. Like, that's for sure me, without a doubt, 100%. Ooh, I'm whoa, Ben Wyatt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 the, it's the Iron Throne. It's the, okay, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when I'm we get sorry. to it. But, but, uh, but no, this, this, the show is it's, it's phenomenal. And, you know, I, I just have a lot of positive things to say about it. Um, but in terms of negativity, there is some negativity. We touched on it a little bit. Where do you think the sweet spot of this show was? Like, when did the show hit its peak? Where was it bad for you? And, like, if you had to draw, like, a graph, you know, like, and, like, kind of show the, the arc of the show, how would you do it? I feel like it goes, obviously, it starts season one, and it's going up, right? Yep. And yep. I think it's about season six, the end of the season six finale, is when Michael Scott leaves, and then you have seven, eight, nine, if I'm not mistaken. He, or is he, it- le- he leaves middle of season seven. Okay, so right then, so wherever he leaves, literally wherever he leaves, it kind of reaches its peak. But Robert yep. California is solid, so you can't discount that. So if it hits the peak at when Michael leaves, it, if anything, it may take a slight dip, 
but then also kind of level out because Robert California kind of held it. But then it starts going down at that point. Yeah, and then it kind of picks up by the last two episodes because I really love the last two episodes. I have a different graph altogether. Okay. Yeah. Show it. The first three seasons are the best three seasons of The Office. Those Because it's every episode is ridiculously hilarious. They haven't reused <laughs> a lot of the jokes. And the Jim and Pam arc is still really strong. Yeah. So for me, the first, three episodes, the first three seasons, it's going like this. Then it hits its peak at the end of season three when, when they have that job interview and Jim asked Pam to go to dinner. That's the peak of the show. That is as good as the show that's, gets. That's a great moment because nobody saw it coming. No, that's, that's as good as the show gets. Well, then after that, it takes a slight dip, but it holds steady until the end of when Michael Scott leaves. It really does. Yeah, but it's not, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a big dip. It's a very slight dip. Then what happens is season eight right after uh, when Robert California is there, it takes another small dip and it remains. But then season nine, it tanks. It just tanks. I mean, it the tanks. whole thing with Andy leaving and yes. going to what was the Bahamas, selling his ship, yeah, and then coming back. Like I just and he, like before that, he went to Florida. I don't know what was going on, man. There was a whole it's, Kathy Bates stuff coming in. Yeah, I didn't like Joe Bennett. <sighs> She's know. funny, it, but she was not good in the show. Well, I feel like they like the show banked on doing well with a lot of people who weren't no name, but when it got popular, they made sure to like put people in that were big name which it did work on some spots but i think they kind of overdid it a little bit with that you know i, I don't want to say jump in the shark but they kind of did jump like maybe a dolphin they jumped the father something something was jumped but i for me the first three seasons up until jim asked pam out those are that's the best to show it like every episode is funny or it's it's advancing the overall story of the plot because what happened was after after season three, there was really no plot driver. It was just kind of like, now we're just going to show you a bunch of comedy that's ensuing in the office on a day-to-day, on a day-to-day basis. With the office, that, that was what was interesting. The Jim and Pam art kind of gave you like that Ross and Rachel effect where you're kind of wanting some of, like to see what was going on while at the same time, man, don't thumbs down friends. Don't you get, get, get out of here. Friends is the reason we didn't hey. get the office of Parks and Rec. They spent like a hundred million on friends. Netflix. I no, I, I, I agree. I agree on that. Come on. But, uh, nah, it's it, the, the relationship aspect of it is what made the show very, very captivating on top of all the, all the humor. It had both going for it. Right. It had amazing humor and it had a really good relationship set up that, you know, it was like, it wasn't even an on again, off again thing. There were these two people that were flirting. One guy put himself out there. Uh, she rejected him. And then they, you know, basically were forced to work with each other again. That to me was why the first three seasons were phenomenal, along with the fact that you didn't, you were still learning about these characters as you went. Granted, the show didn't get, it didn't get bad. There was never a really bad portion except for season nine up until the last two episodes. Right. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of the stuff, it always comes back to the same girl. Like I really don't like her. Is that girl, Katie, Karen, whatever her name yeah, is. Yeah. She was like, there for of... only to be a homewrecker like honestly everything she was in and she kept feeling like jim like anything she was in that would for me was like the low point because i was like they're reaching they really are reaching and so i i just felt like that i could have done without like I, you gave I me know. jim and pam you made us go through a lot now you're trying to give us jim and pam after the newlywed effect wears off and i was yep. like i mean while it is kind of true do i really want to see that not no, really you don't see that like but yeah that that part was a low point for me and that's why i have like a lot of negative thoughts i know but but overall though like this show's great it's if you had to put on your mount rushmore of sitcoms it's up there like if you had to do right now your round your mount rushmore of sitcoms what are your four man i definitely put you on the spot 
Yeah, definitely the office. Parks and Rec. Yep. I mean, I would love to put New Girl up there. Yep. I would. How many of you have? Last three, the last three seasons. How many heads are there? There's four heads, right? There's four the heads. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Washington. Five. How, many, how many heads are up there? Well, there's technically eight, but there's I don't four. give a heck about the presidents. Uh, <laughs> no. <nah. laughs> uh, definitely Office, Parks and Rec. I want to put New Girl, but season – I know that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. Is the last two seasons of New Girl were oh, really God, rough. Oh, God, we're bad. Really yeah, rough. Bad. But I'll probably have to for sure put Office, Parks and Rec. I want to throw Brooklyn Nine-Nine up there. Um, and then probably the George Lopez show, to be honest. George Lopez is good. Yeah, so George yours Lopez is similar. show meant a lot. Yours is similar. Siri, what are you doing? You know what? I'm going to take Brooklyn Nine-Nine off and put that 70s show. That 70s See, show, I can you, watch all the time. That would probably be my four. I you took me to where I wanted to go. Mine is for <laughs> sure. It's Parks and Rec. It's The Office. It's that 70s show. And then for me, it's Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Those yeah, are the best four Prince. sitcoms. I've Fresh Prince is like that's that's everything i grew up watching that show but it's this show it's it's on there and i think it's really cool because you know due to netflix this show ended in 2014 there's a whole new generation of people you know younger than <laughs> us these these idiot gen zers sorry i said it uh that uh double down bro I, i'm doubling down bunch of anyways so <laughs> so uh it's it's giving everyone a, a you know a chance to watch an amazing sitcom a sitcom that they don't make it like these anymore and they never they will don't. be able to make it like these anymore. This, this show, it has all the inappropriate humor you want, everything you want in terms of character development, everything you want in terms of just an overall great ensemble cast. And people have been able to watch it on Netflix for years, you know, as part of a $9.99 subscription if you're only getting one screen. And I think it's been a virtue for people to be able to watch this show. So I think that the legend of the, like, because of Netflix, the show became more popular, right? I know that, that's how I watched it was on Netflix. So I'm assuming a lot of people were. It really did. And Netflix, like Netflix, really reached into the graveyard of like network sitcom like cancellations and would just bring these things out and just freaking Frankenstein it. Not even Frankenstein, but just like give them like just life support and then just bring them back. And then they just take they take a whole like it's crazy. Like uh, I think one of the ones and like I mean they owe to a lot. Like a lot of these shows owe to Netflix. And as much as I get frustrated with them, like choosing to put a money bunch of money into friends they brought back a lot of shows and the office popularity owes it to netflix man well chappelle like, they shows don't have on netflix, netflix now too you know that Chappelle show i mean <laughs> they brought back like one of the ones i always think about is like arrested development that thing oh, yeah. had like an eight nine ten year gap in between seasons but they netflix it picked it up and brought it back yeah. like, so if it wasn't for netflix putting this on syndication in a sense i mean I don't think you're getting a whole generation of people who are naming their kids Jim, Pam, Dwight, Michael. You yeah. know, yeah. Do you guys? Yeah, that's it's. I I agree. So, you got any closing thoughts before we end the pod? Ah, man, just so many things, but a lot of emotions. But that's what she said. That's all I can think about, man. It's I'm I I'll let you get the last word on that one though I completely agree with that, <laughs> Travis. I want to thank you for joining me on this episode, man. Thank you for being my second guest. Thank you for taking the time uh, on your no Friday problem. night to do this with me. Uh, there's nobody I'd rather do this with, uh, so I, I greatly appreciate it. And for everyone listening, uh, you know, please like and subscribe on YouTube, like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Um, if you want, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, just listen to everything else that I got. I got 26 episodes now, including this one. I'm just putting out the content on the Instagram. Straight we're putting fire. out straight fire on the Instagram. We're putting out a lot more memes to trying to keep you guys more engaged. I'm putting out more polls. Uh, that's my meme of uh, meme right there, by the way, in case you didn't know, but, 
But uh, no, I want to thank everybody for their time. Thank you for listening. And as always, guys, peace and love. Thanks. Thanks.